Welcome to Anchored in Transforming Truth, a podcast dedicated to learning and applying the truth of God's Word to our lives. And now for today's episode. Hi, you guys. Welcome back to Anchored in Transforming Truth. Uh, My name is Indy, and I am your host for the next 20, 30 what ends up usually being 45 minutes, (laughs) but I just wanted to, uh, yeah, we're here for the next episode. I'm coming on, let me just one second. I always forget to turn, I'm recording on my phone today and I always forget to turn it on private, like do not disturb so that you guys won't hear the alerts and things. So, uh, yeah, we're back. We took about a two week break. Yeah, I think it was two weeks and um, I was just working on some behind the scenes kind of thing, Um, just building and restructuring. Uh, The first week or so, I was working on um, getting my online store up and going. And so I was able to get that done and I'm excited about that. I'm sorry if you hear fumbling, but I was taking my my earphone out. So I was uh, working to get the online store up, and I was able to get that up, uh, but it was a lot of work, you guys. So I have an online store, and I will put, well, the link is in, the usual link that I put in the description box every week. Um, it's in there. So if you go to that one link, it'll take you to like a whole list of, um, services and and ministry resources and things that, um, are provided. So one of those are go to the store, um, or go shop or something. I have to rename the link because I let my, some of my social media followers know and I think they were getting confused with the the tab that said go to the site which is the website Uh, and I don't know if I told you guys about I believe I told you about the website Um, so anyway yeah I got the online store up there are printables in there for everyday living Um, there are some faith-based printables in there Um, some Bible journaling type of things are in there for people that are uh, into Bible journaling. I am working on a Bible study um, and a couple of other things that are not so on the creative crafty side, but just really more of a, some, you know, getting into the word and learning how to study the word and um, just different methods that you can use and find that are you know, kind of like good for you. So those things will be coming to the store and everything is printable for right now. Um, so it's just, they're, P- they're PDFs in different sizes and you just pay the price and they're very low cost. And um, then you receive a link uh, either right there on the checkout page or in your email. And you just download it and print and reprint the pages you need and use it. You know, you could do it, just look at it on your screen and write in your notebook, however you want to do it. So there will be new releases coming each week between now and Black Friday is the plan. 
And so I was working on that and that just really took up a lot of my time and focus. And then in between not working on that, you know, just kind of working on some things for the new year and the calendar and, and just, I was brain tired y'all. <laughs> and so the second week, last week, when I put up the, um, pardon my desk, the little announcement that I wouldn't be posting, there wouldn't be a new show last week. Um, that was really just kind of like getting into prayer because I was really, really tired. And um, what I have a habit of doing is toiling and where I'm doing, you know, I'm, I'm a creative. My mind is always thinking two o'clock in the morning, four o'clock in the morning, wake up, go to the restroom. I have idea, just always ideas. I have notes and notes and notes and notebooks full of ideas. Um, but what I'm learning through prayer and what God is teaching me is that not every idea is... Um, filled with his anointing and that's that's really what this season is about with me and God where he is desiring for people to listen and to come sit at his feet and yes we have gifts and we have talents and we have ideas you know and and especially people that are used to just being workaholics where it's easy to push out something or create a system or whatever but in this season, God is really um, has been showing me in prayer that um, He really wants cre creative things and, and and resources and things like that to be filled with His anointing because He, you know, there's a call for just revival and to bring in people that. Um, may have an alt with the church or with, you know, religion or Jesus or God, or they weren't believers, they weren't raised to be believers or just any number of things. And, and God is getting ready to cause a revival. And so when he calls in the people, we can't use all our big Bible terms and all of those things that we're used to maybe because we've walked with the Lord for a while, but we have to um, and not even to make it simplified, because we want to stay true and authentic to God's word, but just really um, have systems and resources and things available for the people that are going to come running and wanting to be saved and wanting salvation and to have those resources there in order to do that, they have to have God's anointing on them and they can't just be just another resource. So um, just really in prayer, working on those things and just you know, hearing from God, God correcting me because I did fall into some toiling and just, you know, all of these ideas and just telling God, oh, I'm overwhelmed, I'm tired. And it was because I was, you know, I got on a, a road for a little bit of doing what Indy wanted to do and what Indy thought was great and was popular and would meet the people's needs. And God is saying, that's not at all the direction I'm getting ready to turn things. So it's always important if you're doing anything for the kingdom or for the Lord that you always checking in with God to make sure you're on target. If it may feel good, um, especially if that's familiar for you to just go, go, go. It may feel like you're doing a good thing, but in this season, God is calling for a God thing um, because of the way that he's getting ready to turn everything. So, um, yeah, that's what was going on the last two weeks. So here we are, new episode, 
and um, you know, I just really wanted to come on and encourage you. And let me get out my Bible. Um, I again, I don't have anything set, but just as I was sitting here talking, um, I just had a couple of things I wanted to share, and this scripture popped up in my mind and so let me find it it's a familiar scripture my the version of my bible is a little bit different so it may read different if i can let me find it where are you okay so it may read a little bit different but it's familiar, and I'll kind of give it to you in familiar terms. And so, uh, let's see where we'll start. Okay, so... Sorry for the stall, you guys. Okay, so let's read here. So it's in Ephesians, and it's the third chapter. Um... And we will start with the 16th verse and read down to the familiar one, the 20th verse. And so 16 says, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, this is Paul talking about God, from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. I think a few weeks ago we had a show and it was talking about, um, I think we were talking about build and to not despise the days of your small beginnings. And in that scripture, uh, it was about Zerubbabel, I believe, and where uh, it was not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, right? So, um, Paul is saying here, I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. So there it is again. And then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And may you have the power to understand as all God's people should. How wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. And then this is the familiar, often quoted scripture now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power there it is again at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think um, and so typically in other versions it's quoted as um, uh, God who is able to do exceedingly abundantly that scripture um, that's what this is it's just a different translation now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think and so that's the scripture that came to mind um, just now I didn't have a scripture but I knew I wanted to come on here and talk about darkness and light um, just briefly 
um, I know we're first introduced to the concept of darkness and light uh, in Genesis, and I'll, I'll turn to it. Uh, that's the first time we're introduced to darkness and light. Um, Genesis 1, uh, 1 said, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless um, and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And evening passed and morning came, making the first day. And so, um, just what I, I've been experiencing, and, and maybe some of you, is that um, there's going to always be dark seasons in our life. And if you're anything like me, you don't like the dark seasons that come. You don't like the darkness. You don't like having to deal with warfare or struggle or challenges or waiting or disappointment or sadness or any of the things that we label dark, right, from our, our human perception. But what is the concept here from where I read in Ephesians the third chapter and then where I read here in Genesis the first chapter is that God uses darkness um, so that he can shine his glory the light of his glory uh, if we never had darkness would we truly have an appreciation for light you know um, so we there's always going to be dark right and there's always going to be dark right before the light comes on and so we see that in genesis where god stepped out on the face of the deep and it was dark and it was void and it was chaotic you know there was no form and he said let there be light and so what we sometimes have a proclivity to do is we want to hide the dark when we show up in front of people or when we tell our story, um, when we, you know, just live our everyday lives. We want to hide. It's, it's our, it's our um, kind of like the thing we do. We hide the dark. We hide the, the sadness, the anything that is a challenge. And we show up wanting to put our best foot forward which nothing is wrong with that but we show up and we only want to illuminate the light the good part the positive part of what's going on in our life when really there's a storm there's tears you know i remember one time i worked on a job and it was just so uh challenging from day one where i would have to take 
several breaks and go to the bathroom and, and keep from crying. And I would have to look in the mirror and just talk to my mother, you can do this, you can go through this. Uh, and then I would come right back out, I would smile and the parents would come in, how are you doing? And yes, you, you look so great today. Oh, you're so sweet. And I would hug the kids and I would encourage the teachers and, um, you know, show up for the, the admin calls that we had to do. And all the while inside, there was a storm. There was sad. I was so unhappy at that job. I was so, you know, until I was able to receive God's revelation while I, why I was there. So what is the point that I'm making? To not fear the dark. Because in Genesis, we see... God, like, okay, so in, in Ephesians 3, it talked about, Paul was saying, oh, that, that you would understand the, this immense love that God has for you, and that it's already at work within you, those that trust him, and that you would just kind of like trust and believe in the power that our God has, and that he wants to use that power in and through your life. And so who is this great God, right? What, what is this great power? What's an example of this power? And in Genesis uh, 1, we see a God that steps out on uh, just this vast darkness that is across everything. And then in him stepping out, everything has now changed. Nothing can ever go back to being the same. Once he speaks, once he moves, it will never go back to being darkness again. But what we do is we want to hide the darkness and we, the enemy wants to lie to us and make us think we should be ashamed of the darkness. But Right here in Genesis, God shows us what he does with the darkness. And if that's what he does with the darkness, and over in Ephesians, Paul says he's at work within us, um, that he's able to do exceedingly abundantly through us. If God does it one way in Genesis, and Paul tells us in Ephesians that he that same God in Genesis is at work within us and through us. So if we're experiencing darkness, we take a note from the way God handled darkness in Genesis. And that is the way that we should view and see and live the rest of our lives engaging with darkness, right? There's always going to be light when there's a God present, the God of the universe, the God creator of everything, not a God, but the God. Uh, when he's present, there's always going to be light if there's darkness, right? And so how did God deal with the dark in Genesis? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, okay? The first thing on his agenda was to handle the darkness, right? The earth was formless and empty and darkness covered the deep waters and the spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the darkness. 
the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, was there hovering over, right? Getting ready to go to work, to do the things that God's Word says to do. That's one of the capacities of the Holy Spirit. He does only what God's Word says to do. So he's there hovering, right? He's ready to go in and God is about to speak and the Holy Spirit is about to move. And so then in verse 3 in chapter 1, it says, Then God said, Let there be light. And at that command, everything transformed. It was no longer what verse 2 said, empty, dark, or void. It was no longer. It was now light because God said it. And it tells us here, then God said, let there be light. And there was light. It, was, it has to obey the word of God. Any darkness operating in your life, if you give it to God, if you go to his word and you find a word for that darkness, if it's anxious, if it's uh, fear, if it's worry, if it's disappointment, if it's, um, you know, waiting, challenges, death, whatever it is, there is a word for that darkness, what you call darkness, and it has to obey at the command of God's word. And then God saw that the light was good, right? And then he separated the light from the darkness. So he's, we're now seeing what he's doing with dark. He, he, we have not read any language that God attached shame or disappointment or fear, that he was intimidated, that he had to work hard, that it was too strong for God, that it was too much to handle. He, he's showing us how he directly engaged with darkness. But then there's going to come a part that totally when I realized this, after reading this for so many years of my life, I realized something that I'm about to share with you guys. It just totally transform me. And so he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And the evening passed and morning came marking the first day. And in other translations, the evening and the morning were the first day. Okay. So this verse right here, um, God called, it's verse 5 in chapter 1 in Genesis, God called the light day and the darkness he called night. So if you think about, he called the light day. So in the daytime, there's sun, um, wherever you are, there is certain things, you know, the birds are flying during the daytime and chirping and activity is going on in nature and the sea often, uh, the ocean often operates different during the day than it does at night. Um, there's all of this activity in the earth, uh, that, and I'm sorry for that, the noise outside, but, um, God often, God often establishes certain things to take place during certain times. So typically, and I know some people work at night, but typically the work hours are during the day. Um, you know, different shows are on during the daytime. So there's different cycles and events that take place during the day. So he called the light day. So he gave light an assignment and a purpose. 
and its purpose was to handle all the things that take place during the day, during the light. But he did not discard the darkness because darkness was there when he first showed up. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless. It was empty. It was dark. Because, like I said, we usually hide darkness. We're ashamed of the darkness, the dark of our past or whatever we label dark. But God is showing us there is nothing to be afraid or shamed of with whatever we have labeled dark because we have authority. He's given us authority and it and he tells us that later on in in the 27th verse. He's given us authority over the things that he has authority over, right? And so he's saying don't call dark shame bad fearful. The only time that dark is associated with shame fear, evil, is when it's in context to the enemy. But the way God created it and the way he wants us to label it and to think on a higher level, let this mind be in me that is also in Christ Jesus. He wants us to think on the level that he thinks. He wants us to take authority over it the way he took authority in Genesis. He says, do as I do, say as I say, move according to my command. And his command was the light would be called day and then the dark would be called night. And so he gave night a purpose. So when he first showed up in Genesis, there was emptiness, there was void, there was chaos, there was no form. That is what was associated with darkness before God showed up. That was the association, the labels, the definitions. But then God shows up and he takes command. He takes authority and he says, no, no, now night, now dark will be called, it has a purpose, night. Dark will be called night. And in the night, there are things that take place. We are able to see the stars and, and the celestial, all of that radiant show. And, you know, some animals come out and, and they do what they do at night. And, you know, different things happen at night. There's a cooler time. And, and even, you know, in our sleep cycles, we're able to rest and rejuvenate during the night so that we can prepare. Some people, you know, have dreams or visions or they hear from God and just certain things are associated now and have a purpose that take place at night. So he's given night a label, a purpose. And so where Paul talks about it in Ephesians 3, that all that we would understand, this great power, this immense God that we serve, this sovereign God, and that this sovereign God do not be disassociated with it, but come and make fellowship and relationship with God. Because if you trust him, if you believe him, if you have received him, uh, the Savior in your heart, then he lives there with you. He's always with you. And if he's always with you, then his power, right, the power that he used right here in Genesis is at work at all times 
in you. So it doesn't matter that we have these, I won't say it doesn't matter, but it does not play a part in God's, in diffusing God's power or watering down God's power based on whether we're good, whether we read our Bible, whether we this, whether we that. These are things that we we should do to help strengthen our faith, to help um, strengthen our relationship and, and maintain closeness and being able to hear clearly from God. But they do not discredit the God power that is always and in always at work in our life if we have received him. Right. And so because he calls light day, we should call light day because he calls dark night. We should call dark night and we should cease running from it, trying to hide it, trying to pretend we're something we're not, um, you know, trying to, you know, feeling like we have to stay um, separate from people because then they'll find out our past or who we are or what we do or we don't have to jump through those hoops. God says be at peace and just call it what I call it and just let me operate through the power that I have through my spirit, not by power, not by might, but through the spirit. We saw the spirit there ready to go to work as God commanded. And so we don't have to fear the dark. The dark has to be present for the glory of the light to transform. So whatever it is that we're calling dark, that we call dark, if we take it to the foot of the cross, if we pray about it, uh, Philippians 4 says to be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving to let our requests be made known and the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard our hearts and our minds. So we don't have to worry. We don't have to wrestle with it. We don't have to jump through all these hoops and put on all of these masks and pretend and hesitate. Um, you know, if God has called you to to uh, push forth and to take steps of faith to write a book or to, um, you know, try out for the league or to uh, send in your audition tape or to uh, pro make a proposal at work, make a proposal in, in your life, you know, in a relationship. If he's called you to do anything by faith that you feel like, oh my goodness, that is beyond my reach. That's beyond anybody, you know, someone like me could ever could ever have success and God is saying call the light day and call the dark night it does not have authority over you something beautiful that I told you guys I was going through the Bible study with Priscilla Shire um, through her book breathe and she was teaching on the Sabbath principle and so she she showed us in Genesis how um, God created um, she took us through the seven days, right? And the, the first few days, let me see, I have my book right here. Um, because the way she explained it, I was like, you've got to be kidding me that that is actually what, you know, God's mind is so beyond, like we don't give God credit, I don't think, for the power and the sovereignty and just how amazing 
he is. Okay, so here it is. So day one through seven. So day one was God created the day and the night, right? That's day one. And then she said it's connected to day four, which is the sun and the moon. And the sun and the moon ruled over the day and the night or that the sun and the moon was held in the capacity of day and night. Right. And so then on day two, uh, God created the heavens and the oceans. And then that was connected to day five where he created birds and the fish. So the birds and the fish needed the heavens and the ocean. Right. So he created creation um, and then he created the thing that would go into that creation. And then on day three was the land and the vegetation. And then day three was connected to day 6A where he created <clears throat> land animals to be in land and vegetation. And then this is where I said, yo, like, wait a minute. Um, then he created day 6B man and woman, right? Let us create man in our own image. So it wasn't a physical person. We don't see that show up until he creates Adam, uh, where he breathes life and he creates the flesh out of the dust. That's not until chapter two, but right here, day six B is around, uh, verse 27 in chapter one, where it says, let us make man in our own image. And he speaks all of the authority and everything into man's image, which is spirit because God is a spirit. So if he's creating something in his own image, he's creating spirit. He's not creating flesh until later. Right. So let us create man in our own image. So that's day six B. Then on day seven, the way I've understood it, and maybe you have to or you maybe you understood it different. But the way I always thought of day seven was he rested. He no longer he ceased from creating. But the way she explains Sabbath rest and how it's a blessing and and um, how we should honor it and view it is not just Sunday. It's not just one day a week where we stop working, um, but it's actually a blessing that he gave us and that he created. So rest, God's Sabbath, is actually day seven creation. It's not a cease from creating. He created us created it for us to for it to be a blessing so that we could cease and the reason why we need to do that is day one day two day three day four day day five and day six he created land and heavens and vegetation and day and night and sun and moon birds fish land animals that was all day one through six right then day six b he created man and woman and around 27, 28 verse, you read where he pronounces all of the authority that man and woman has over everything else that had been created. So he made us sovereign over day one through six creations, right? And then the reason why day seven, the rest, the day of rest is to be honored and why it's a blessing is that God is sovereign over everything, right? We have authority over the day and the night and the heavens and the and the vegetation and the and the birds and the fish and every creeping thing and every crawling thing and all of that, right? We have authority over that. 
But God has authority over all, including us. And so we cease from contending. And in our resting in his Sabbath blessing, the Sabbath principle is we are showing honor and worship to God for being the supreme authority over everything. He gave us authority over his creation and he is the authority over all, which includes us as part of his creation. I hope I explained that right. Um, she explained it beautifully, but that just, you know, to see that there was that thinking, that God mind, that wisdom um, that he again, wants to impart to us. He wants us to think higher the way he thinks. He wants us to understand the way he understands. And this is what Paul is saying, that you would understand and that you would be at rest in this knowledge of how just great and, and, and just vast God is. And so um, once God steps out and says, let there be light, everything changes. Everything changes and the evening and morning becomes the first day. Um, God will redeem your time. God is a God of grace and love and he's faithful to forgive. If you are faithful to take it to him in repentance and ask for his forgiveness. And then not only that, don't stay there asking for forgiveness as a victim, but asking for forgiveness in victory because we have overcome because Christ, Christ overcame. And so we are not condemned. We're asking for his forgiveness. And then we're asking for the Holy Spirit to lead us into truth. What is the truth? I've been following this way for so long, or I, in this matter, I thought, Lord, I thought I was making the right decision. I thought I was going the right way. Or maybe the prayer is, Lord, I wanted to go that way, but I realize I don't want to go that way anymore. And I'm sorry. I want to turn. I want to go a different way. I want to think different. I want to live different. I want to begin believing different. Uh, I want to begin trusting you. That's repentance. And then you, you're not just there as a victim, but but as a victor, as the authority that you are, um, you know, it says come to come before his throne boldly. Then we ask for the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, lead me, guide me, show me the way that is the truth. Show me the right way. Show me the way that is in alignment with what God had planned. And in that request to the Holy Spirit, what is also included in there as a bonus is that God will redeem your time. He doesn't leave you at, you know, you've lived 49 years going the wrong way. You've been a drug addict or, you know, you were a rape or you're a liar, you've been um, deceptive, you're still, or you've been abusive, you know, you've, you've, uh, you felt less than you were supposed to feel because of the things that happened to you in life or whatever. You lived 49 years, you lived 48 years, 30 years, 20 years, 50, 60 years. It doesn't matter. God will redeem your time. Now, does it mean he redeems your physical time? I don't know, but he's God. He's able to do it if that's what he, how he wants to do it. And it is nothing wrong with asking him. I ask him all the time. Um, you know, he will restart time for you. He'll hold up time for you. He will, um, you know, make it seem like the other part never happened. He will redeem your time. 
He will redeem your time. And he will show you through action, through the things that you now desire, through um, the things that are important to you, that are no longer important to you. He'll begin, you'll begin experiencing these um, desires to change in these incremental ways that are different. Now, you know, all of a sudden I want to exercise. All of a sudden I want, I want to save $5 a week. I want to take my lunch. I want to commute to work. You know, I want to begin organizing. I want to um, begin eating at home, cooking at home. I want to begin volunteering at work or at church. So these different ideas and and just things in your heart will begin to show up. And that is the Holy Spirit answering your prayer. That is the light, you know. That's God saying, let there be light. And once he speaks that, it never goes back to being the same. We do not have to hide the dark any longer. And we don't have to hide from the dark any longer. God is at work within us. That's what Paul was telling us. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly, right? Through the power that already works in you. There is power that is already working in you. You don't have to work for the power. If you receive Christ, it's already working in you. And so you just have to have relationships, spend time, 15 minutes a day, 10 minutes, three minutes um, with the hopes of building more time with God, reading his word, um, praying, talking to God through the day, writing in your journal, um, begin hearing the Holy Spirit in the direction that he wants you to go in. And as you do those things and his power will begin to gradually, um, you'll begin to see it showing up, manifesting in your life in so many different ways, not just money and material things, but just in your peace of mind, in your ability to rest at night, um, your clarity at work or in the home or just in so many ways that you, the only way you can attribute it, you know, once you sit down and say, huh, the only way that you can attribute that that happened, it had to be God. Like, I don't, I don't even know when it happened. I don't, I don't know how it happened because I've just been, look at God, you know? So that is the way he's at work in your life. And so that's what I wanted to come on and share about light and darkness. Give dark a definition um, just because those dark things happen, what does God ask God? What do you want to do with this experience, with, with this situation, with my past? Why did you allow that to happen to me? And God will then tell you what he's going to call it. He may call it purpose. He may call it volunteering. He may call it, you know, create a course online, uh, write a book, begin ministering, um, you know, show compassion to the woman next door, the woman at the library, uh, the the man that works on your car, who wherever it is, God say, God, show me how you want to call this darkness night and the and the light you want to call it day, right? How does He want to turn your dark night into the light of day, the light of His glory? He will show you if you ask Him. Whatever you ask God. I'm learning. He will answer you. 
The answer may sometimes surprise you. The answer may sometimes at first be an ouch, but he will answer you if you ask him, right? The I, I'm convinced that the only reason we don't hear from God is one, we don't open his word because he's speaking all through the pages. Every page is his word, his voice, his speaking. So we don't open his word. We don't diligently seek him because his word says, the scripture says, and I'm going to put in a description link. He's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. If you're just asking him just because you want to know or you want to boast or you just want to, you want to out or get out of jail free card or, or whatever, he doesn't respond to that. You can't play God, right? You can't run game on God. But if you honestly in your heart want to know, you really want to make change. You really want to know the way. You really want out this time. You know, you, you honestly, and you're diligently pursuing God. You're clinging to God. You might be making 50, 11 mistakes along the way, but it's okay. You're clinging to God. He looks at the heart and not our actions. And when the, he sees that our heart is purpose and it's pointed towards him, he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So the best place is to talk to God. Keep talking to God. If you feel like he's not answering, keep talking to him. He's going to answer. When he answers, be ready. Have your journal ready because he's going to pour out. Keep talking to God. Keep searching him. Keep pursuing him. Keep learning how he talks. He talks to me through movies and through song lyrics sometimes, uh, secular stuff. You know, so some people say, you know, don't listen to secular. And I can understand, you know, with some of the, the content that's out there. But um, I, I've learned what seasons to listen to secular and when to not. Um, and I've also learned that in all seasons, you know, there's just certain things I can't for me. I can't watch. And there's certain things, you know, if I told you I watched or listened to it, you might be surprised. But I know because I'm talking to God what is okay for my life. Um, and so as you build a relationship with God, you will understand what's okay for your life. And some things you don't broadcast because people are going to have their opinion, but God is the ultimate. <laughs> He's the ultimate word, and we see that in Genesis, right? That once he speaks, it doesn't matter what everybody else says. So um, I just wanted to share that light and darkness with you guys. And uh, I hope that you're able to pull out some encouragement and pull out some truth um, in the what God has showed us in Genesis and what Paul encouraged us through Ephesians. Um and so these verses will be in the description box. And I thank you guys so much for your patience through those two weeks. And uh, we're just going to keep trucking forward and moving forward as God is unfolding just different things, different ways that he wants to reach you and to build you up and get you prepared for 2022. And then as you enter 2022, uh, to have the resources and the knowledge and the information, the access to information, um, so that you be can begin living a more transformed life as you anchor more in God's truth, right? All right, so thank you guys for joining me, and stay safe. Make the best decision for your family. Until we talk again, bye-bye.
Thank you for listening to Anchored and Transforming Truth, a podcast where we come together to learn about truth the way God intended. We hope to see you next week when we continue to learn, trust, and surrender to what God wants to do in our lives. Until next time.